Hi guys and welcome back to my channel and the very first podcast of the Jake Lee brand series. So today I'm joined with Dean Finnegan who has been an entrepreneur his whole life and also is a very successful business coach. Hi Jake, hi everybody. Well Dean, thank you for coming down. Um, I thought I'd start by just giving the viewers a little bit of knowledge about yourself, yep. so what you do, a little bit more into um, sort of your daily routine, your journey as yep. such, where you started, what you're doing now, all of that sort of stuff. So just give me a general explanation of, of that. Yeah, sure. So as you said, I'm a, so I'm a business owner, um, I'm an entrepreneur and I, I'm an investor as well, but I have businesses that work without me, so that need my, they don't need my day-to-day -day involvement. So it frees my time up to become uh, a business coach and a mentor to businesses like yourselves, but anybody from a one-man band all the way, all the way through to, uh, you know, multi-million pound national companies, international companies, so. Brilliant, really interesting. Um, so where did you, where did this all start? So I, I gained the fact that you are an entrepreneur, yep. and I'm guessing that's where it started from, the mm -hmm. fact that you'd done it and, you, and now you know how to teach people or yep. help people yep. within that, because I feel like a lot of sort of the modern day era is, is very based around, like we were having a conversation before, right, yeah. about the profile and who people are and what they look like and so on. And a lot of people who are sort of giving advice and educating people don't mm. actually have the credentials to do that. So I feel like your story, you've got into business coaching a lot later on yeah. after you've proven it. So how did you prove it, the fact that you're good at business? What businesses were they? And what were the big sort of key milestones in your journey? Yeah, so I think, you know, for me personally, it's really important that I've been through that, that other business owners are going through. Um, and I'll continue to go through certain stages as well, right? You're always learning. Um, I haven't learned it all out of a book. You know, I haven't just been on a training course and learned how to be a coach. Um, I know exactly the feelings and the emotions that, that, that other business owners are going through, the highs and the lows. Um, and how lonely it can be in business as well. So um, with regards to businesses that I've owned, you know, I had my first business when I was 17. Um, I've had cleaning companies, um, investment, uh, sorry. So yeah, so I've had cleaning companies, uh, bars, restaurants, um, cafes, uh, a consultancy to investment banks, um, import, export, children's sleepwear, it goes on. Where, haven't, where haven't you been? What, okay, so what, <laughs> what is one industry that you are yet to be involved oh, in, but plenty, you'd like right? to? I'd love to, I'd love to. Um, what do you think is a thriving industry that if you were gonna set up a business tomorrow, yeah. what, what industry would it be in? Uh, environmental or health. Really? Yeah. And what's like the, the main reason? So when you're actually picking a business idea or an mm -hmm. industry to enter, what are sort of the deciding factors as such around your decision? For me now, it's for, to where I've got to now, it needs to excite me. Yeah. Okay. It needs. It's always needed to excite me, but for different reasons now. So I have a family now. I have different perspective on things. Um, but for me, you know, yes, the numbers might look great, the potential might look great, but for me personally, it's got to excite me. It's got to make me. Um, it's got to touch me here, right? So yeah. uh, when I was younger, maybe I'd have gone into certain things that I just thought was a great opportunity, but now it's probably a bit more uh, multi-leveled than that. I think. I agree with you. I think what you're sort of getting across is the fact that every business that you sort of want to get involved with, it has to be and it has to resonate really with your passion as an entrepreneur and what you yeah. want to accomplish 100%. and achieve. And I completely understand the environmental space at the moment and so on is, is so huge and the power of social media has really launched the, the issues we have with the environment. Yeah. 
um, and sort of health as well, especially mental health. So exactly. I feel like number one, it, that would that's a very current sort of uh, well, as as businessmen, we're problem solvers, right? Exactly. That's so exactly that, that's what we are. exactly yeah. that, that's essentially. Yeah. I don't know why some people refer to us as entrepreneurs or businessmen. In yeah. my eyes, we're problem solvers. That's exactly what we are. So yeah. if there's two big problems, which yeah. is quite like uh, it's interesting in terms of what you said yeah. so there's two big problems at the moment and one's the environment and what mm-hmm. we've done to it over the mm-hmm. past however many years and yeah. the other one is definitely to do with it like I mean mental health is huge at the moment yeah. and raising awareness for it scarily as well scarily huge scarily yeah. huge yeah. and I feel like although that that's it resonates with your passion but it's also very current as well mm-hmm. and there is a problem that needs to be solved in both things that you've mentioned yeah. and I do really feel like a lot of people can learn from the aspect of you're not an entrepreneur or a businessman, yeah. or you might be, but the key behind it all is you're going to be solving problems. And if you can solve a problem big enough to affect lives, you're going to be a very, very successful problem solver. Totally agree. And therefore, businessman yeah. or entrepreneur. As a byproduct. Exactly, as a, by, <laughs> yeah. as a byproduct, yeah. exactly. Um, so, started at 17, business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, what was that first company and what made you fall in love with business? When did you realise, you know what? I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to live life on my own terms. And how did how did that come about? If, yeah, you, if like, you can think about those honest, ten years no, ago, yeah, there was probably no other way, right? I, I don't think there was a turning point that I just thought this is exactly. You know, I didn't wake up one morning and think I'm going to be a business owner. I think when I was going through school, it's probably not the best advice. Everybody should work hard at school. Um, for me, I just wanted to go to work. So I was doing things while I was at school. I was doing silly little business ideas, you know, and and all the time looking at different ways to make money, started off car washing, then the next minute you've got people work, you, your mates working for you doing car washing down the road, then you move out and you move out, next minute you've got a yard, you know, and so, and, and then, you know, for me, uh, my family always had cleaners, as in, you know, for various reasons, had a cleaner but couldn't ever find a, a regular cleaner, so I just thought, I might as well start up a cleaning business, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and solve that problem, back to what you're saying. That's just what it sounds like. the problem like. for everybody else. So if I can give everybody reliable cleaners, the cleaners get work, it's a win-win. So, you know... And, and so they sort of grew organically. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there was one moment where it really sprung up and just said, that's it, I'm going to be a business owner. So... Um, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't look at that over 21. So I'm, I'm sure you've yeah, got the, yeah, you've got the yeah. same sort of like highlight and, and, uh, and future as me. But I think that <laughs> that's actually really interesting because like when I first set up my business, mm. so before IYF, I set up something called Helping Hand. And I think right. I was 13 at the time. Okay. And exactly the same thing. Like there's a lot of, I was sort of, my dad lived in a quite an affluent area. Yeah. So whenever I used to stay there at weekends, I used to see a lot of money around, okay. nice cars and things yeah, that you yeah. aspire to have when you're older, right? Yep. And um, I, I spotted that a lot of the houses weren't really kept intact, maybe mm-hmm. because they don't really care. I don't know what the reason was, but in, in my eyes, it was kind of, I see a good demographic here. Yep. And number one, I can see that, face, that, that fence needs something doing to it. Um, that lawn needs mowing, that yep. car needs washing, yep. and, and so on. So yep. it was just a case of then trying to come back and think, what about the business? Brilliant, yeah. Right, I'm 13, I'm going to say that I'm trying to save up for university yeah, yeah, and yeah. a leaflet to make yeah, them yeah. To, to sort of connect with, yeah. with the potential client as such. And obviously I didn't think about it too much in detail at the time, but mm-hmm. it was a case of I can see there's stuff that needs doing and it's a good business. And the same as you said with the car washing, yeah. all of a sudden you start getting your mates to do it as well. And you've got three or four people that are, you're sort of committed work for it as yeah. such and then it, it grows to a certain area and that's where you the same with me that was the first thing where I realized you know what 
I'd rather be the one at the top of the tree managing people and helping them achieve my well, helping them achieve their dreams while achieving mine at the yeah, same exactly. time. Exactly that. Exactly that. Because I mean, you don't want to be the guy that's always helping someone else achieve their dreams. If I mean, if you can get paid 200, 250 grand a year, you're obviously a very valuable resource to mm -hmm. someone. Yeah. So surely if you realise how valuable of a resource you are and actually put the work into your own ventures and enterprises, you can you can see the dividends pay further in your future rather than just living off a salary and underneath someone else's shadow. Yeah, and I 100% agree with you there, Jake. The, the issue there is, I think, in today's... The, the way the world is going today is it, it's almost a pressure that people should think like that and that they should become a business owner. But I don't think that's true. It's either in you or it's not, and you can learn it or you, or you can't, right? And it's not for everybody, and I think that's okay. Yeah. You know, the fact that it's in your eye, it doesn't mean it's in somebody, it has to be in everybody. You know, I think there's a lot of pressure out there, that, especially from social media and stuff like that, that it's really easy to do, that everybody should be doing it. But that's, that's not the case as well. The world needs all different types of people. And I think, just coming to that point, what we were talking about earlier before we actually um, jumped on the podcast was how different the reality of entrepreneurship is compared to how people make it out to be. Yeah. And we were having a really good conversation about sort of entrepreneurial influences at this moment in time and sort of what information they're presenting to us as, as viewers and so on and subscribers. And I think the key point that we sort of both agreed on was the fact that there's a lot of good content that is produced and they're clearly very intelligent guys. Mm -hmm. The likes of uh, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Robert Kiyosaki, the list goes on, these big entrepreneurial influences. But I feel like what we were both sort of really getting down to was the fact that the reality, the hard times, the, the swings in the high and lows of the business and how your character develops as a person during a difficult period, these sort of things aren't, they're not really displayed. So what I wanted to sort of ask, ask you, Dean, is number one, your thoughts and mind on that, but yeah. more so, at what points in your career have you been through a really difficult time and how did you get through it? What made you get through that difficult period and what did you learn and improve on for, for the next business or potentially an improved version of that business? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's, it's a good question. So I, I think, you know, you, you need these highs and you need these lows, right? And you either get back up from the lows or you... you you know, you crawl under a rock, right? And um, I think you've got to learn from them. Um, you know, nobody wants to make mistakes. Some mistakes are very costly, um, but I think it's key to make them as early as possible. I think that's really key. Um, you know, we talked about sometimes you can talk, you know, everything you touch feels like it's turning to gold. Well, at some time, at some point, somewhere, you're going to learn some lessons, right? So I think, you know, when you're your age, mm -hmm. it's much better to learn things as young as you can. So for any business, you know, young entrepreneurs out there, Learn your mistakes while you're young. You've got time to, to, to um, you know, to learn from them, um, build on them, and move forward. So, um, yeah. So, what else was the other question? <laughs> so, the other question. Um, okay. So, well, I was talking about the the entrepreneurial influencer aspect as well, in terms of like what what your general thoughts were on the content they produce, and compared to the actual reality of what you go through. Yeah. And a sort of an example of of a business that's taught you a lot of lessons that you've made mistakes in and where this sort of hard time as such you could call it has really resonated within yourself and how you got over that. Yeah, so I mean, you know, back to the names that you've mentioned, there's some massive names there, right? And and I've read their books, I've watched them on stage, you know, and they're amazing um, guys, they're amazing motivators, their experience is second to none. But people also need to take that into you know, put that into reality and and the rea and, and they almost talk like there's a happy path. You know, mm. like the, when you go down this path, do these actions and everything's going to be great. 
Well, life has a way of throwing things at you, you know, <laughs> things that you just cannot foresee coming. Life, I mean, life in general, let alone business life, right? So yeah. you get the two mixed together. You know, you can be going down this path thinking everything's mapped out and bang, something happens and just blows it out of the water. It could be in your control or out of your control. So, um, well, like, yeah. uh, have you had a personal experience of that within business? Or what would, what would you say was your, like, first lesson in business that you could only learn? Because I feel in, in myself, so many people told me not to do things that mm -hmm. I've realised now I yeah, shouldn't yeah. have done and I've made a mistake on, but yeah. I really do feel like if, myself, if right? I didn't do it, I wouldn't have learned from it. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. wasn't going to listen to anyone yeah, yeah. when I was 18, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And still now at 21, I'm, I'm not a very good listener, which is probably the reason I work for myself. Right. Um, yeah. But at the same time... I'm sure it's one of them, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But, at the same time, now I've actually gone through the mistake mm -hmm. and I've had to learn from it myself. Yep. Without making that mistake, I wouldn't have learned from it. Yep. So I was always going to make that mistake, whether someone told me not to or, or, or not. And I feel like you've probably been you've probably been there, of course, throughout your journey. And, and, and what is one of the mistakes that you've made that you've looked back on and thought, this is, I might have made a mistake, it was costly at the time, but this is the lesson that I've learned from it. I think, so one that springs to my mind really is probably the first restaurant I had, right? So, you know, I had a vision that I was going to go in, set it up, six months max, be able to step back, open up another one, six months, open up another one. Um, it didn't materialise like that. Um, you know, it was, it was uh, we made some costly mistakes, we learned from them, we turned it around and it all worked out well in the end, but... Basically, you know, I think we were too quick to try and step back. And I think a lot of people, you know, you see this in the trades, you see this in various businesses where people want to just step back too quickly. And if you step back too quickly, you inevitably you're going to be dip dipping back in onto the tools again, you know, and, and, and working in that. So for me, I was back in the restaurant and I thought I could step out and I was back in the restaurant. And I was about, you know, and it was almost, you know, it, it was very counterproductive in that way and very damaging. And I think I learned in that industry, every way that you can be ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, and I learned the hard way, you know, yeah, whether yeah. it be burglaries, whether it be theft, whether it be bad staff, whether it be bad processes, you know, all of those kinds of things. We went in, we set it all up, we thought it was gonna be awesome, and it just didn't materialize in the way that we thought it was gonna be. It was gonna be a stepping stone to be a whole chain of restaurants. So would you say uh, that is like the most challenging business you've had or industry you've been in, sort of the restaurant, sort of catering sector or? I think it's very challenging, but to be honest, I think it's all challenging. So whatever industry you go into, you're learning new things. So every day I'm learning new things. So even with coaching, when I first became a coach, you know, that was, it's a massive learning, you know, minds, the mindset shift is, is, is massive, you know, so it's not about me anymore, it's about my clients, right? Yeah. So to learn that in itself, and it's easy to say, but to actually learn it and to to move forward with that is a, is a whole new thing. So. I think, you know, I've, as I said, I've worked across all different industries, owned businesses in different industries, um, which is what excites me. And you're learning every single time. So. Always be the student. Exactly. Always be the student. Exactly. I feel like uh, that's something that, I mean, every day if you can take something away from it, and I know so many people bang on about this all the time, um, but if you can sort of go into every day and try and learn at least one thing, you're obviously bettering yourself 365 times a year. Uh, yeah. You're increasing your knowledge 365 times a year. And it compounds, it really does. And this is learning from mistakes or learning new things within an industry. And I mean, you put back, for example, in my experience, you put me back three or four years. There's so many things that I 
I didn't even sort of flatter an eyelid at when I got when I sort of went into the education industry that now are such key parts and I see people try and set out in it and they're making the same mistakes that yep. that I did and yep. they are still set making the same mistakes when they've been in the industry as long as as long as I have but yeah. because I've learned and furthered myself every day as well as taking my business along with me for the journey there's a reason people are still um, selling trading signals online and then there's a reason why we have all these credibilities and the regulatory aspects and a yeah. huge platform with a great community yeah. behind it because yeah. I've learned, developed and grown with it whereas these other guys exactly. have just focused on one thing which is getting some cash um, and I feel like you have to almost let yourself just, you have, I mean when you set a business up right, the first sort of couple of years everyone says, and this is a point I actually wanted to get onto, mm -hmm. everyone says Profitability doesn't matter as long as you can break even or whatever. And yeah. I feel like you're definitely someone who will agree with me and with the point that I make, which is if you don't focus on profitability from the get-go, yeah. how do you know your business is is a good business? Because it's it's not making money, right? So, a very rare instant, maybe things like big social networking platforms yeah. that didn't switch the button on to make money for a long period of time, but they're very rare. In a general business that you go into, yeah. or any of you guys watching this will start, you, from my opinion, you have to focus on profitability because it's what makes a good business. 100%, right? If a business is not profitable, it dies, right? So like you said, there are the, there are the odd ones out, there are the anomalies, right? So, um, but they are very, very rare. So. You know, why, why do we go into business? You know, there's all different reasons and, and everybody's reason is different and everybody's vision is different. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you could go into doing something wonderful for, for a charity or for the economy or for the climate, whatever it is, if you're not profitable, you can't keep doing it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you could, these charities, they're all profitable, right? Mm -hmm. If they're not, they should be because they run like businesses to be able to give back to the, to the charity that they're working for. So a business is no different. And it, if you're profitable, you get opportunities, you get options. You know, you, there's a whole multitude of, of, uh, of different ways that you can go and you can progress. So without that, in the early days, you're dead, which is why there's such scary statistics out there at the moment, right? Yeah. You know, what is it, 80% of businesses don't get to 10 years, right? You know, and, and I could go on, you know, barely, you know, what is it, 20% don't get to the first 12 months. I mean, it's scary, right? 20, 30. I feel like there's two, like, conflicting views, though. So there's the aspect of only focusing on money. Yeah. And if you only focus on money and you're not focusing on the quality of the product you're producing... Why well, can't you do it all, right? Or what you're displaying, exactly. There needs to be a little bit of both. Like, you might not... As long as you can see that your business can make money and it has... The, a vast potential to make money, even if you are reinvesting a lot of that money, as long as it's got it's developing revenue, right? That's the key stat, I think. Profitability is great, but you need to look at it from a factor of, okay, so we can turn over X amount, or we have turned over X amount. The reason we've broke even is because we've reinvested in all these different products yep. to grow our brand and ourselves, and it's something that I've been through. But then I sort of came out at the end of that, and it was worth it, but I knew that I could strip things back and all of a sudden make money. Yep. And, and start having really good net profit figures and so on. But it's that factor of you can't sacrifice profitability because it demonstrates how successful your business is going to be. You have to focus on it from the, from, from the off. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't sacrifice the growth of the business by only focusing on the cash it's generating because, it, like you said, those stats are very, very concerning. They're really concerning. And profitability is, is almost deemed as a dirty word. Right? When, when, you ask, when I ask business owners what do they want, they, they talk about all this other stuff and it's the more important stuff, the emotional drivers, which is more important than the money. 100% it, it really is. The money should be a byproduct. So if you have this, the service, 
you know, the great delivery, you know, you know where you're going, you look after your team, the culture's there, um, you're problem solving, you're doing all of those things, the money, and you're doing them to the best you can do and better than anyone out there, the money will come as a byproduct. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that profitability is not important and that mm -hmm. it should be a dirty word. No, I agree. Um, you know, because if you're going to keep doing those things, then you need to be profitable. And I feel like, um, I, I, this was one of my mistakes, I avoided Mm -hmm. the aspect of profitability and always put it down to no because we're just we're like we're just growing and we're trying to become like right. a huge company and yeah. we're, we're just reinvesting everything and we're just growing who cares about net profit or profit and so on and that's a mistake that I learned very early on right. because although I could see how we could make money when I got into a situation where we needed to make money yep. and there needed to be a quick turnaround yep. I could have spotted that situation coming three or four months if I was always focusing on profitability right. but I was listening to everyone else saying no it's not important for the first couple of years yeah, yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden you might not even make those couple of years if you don't basically turn everything around within a exactly. ridiculous time period. Yeah. But the whole point is, if you're always focused on profitability and the capabilities of your business making money, you're gonna, you're gonna always be on the right path. Well, you've got to use it as a measure, right? You know, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a way that you can measure the success of your a business. A KPI, right? Yeah, it is exactly what it is. You know, so it's like, you know, if you haven't got a goal and, you, and you're not measuring where you started and where you're getting to, you know, profitability is just another one of those KPIs that you've got to measure religiously. Yeah. You know, it's so important. So what other KPIs for a business? So your students, or should I say um, clients, mm -hmm. so your clients within the, the mentoring and coaching aspect, what, so that's one KPI, profit. Yep. What, name me one or two other things that you say to every single client, like you need to focus on this. It's so, so important and without it, your business is gonna fail. Yeah, well I mean, there's five elements, that, like within a chassis of a business, there's five elements of any business that needs to be worked on. If you work on these in, it's, it's back to these small margins, right? So, um, you know, if, if you can make changes, just small marginal changes around your business in the right areas, you'll get exponential growth, right? So, yeah. um, a couple of, you know, five of those really, uh, you've got generation of leads, yeah. um, your conversion rate, yeah. you know, you need, to you need to be looking at those and improving those all the time. How many times that people transact with you? Uh, your average sale, so how many times, you know, what, what is the, the cost of the average sale to your clients? Um, and your margin. So, you know, if you start to work on those first four, your margin will improve anyway. Yeah. Um, but there's hundreds of ways you can improve your, your margin, as you know, right? So, um, you know, I think there's, it, so many people are so busy to not look at the right areas of the business. It's massive action in the right areas of the business. And if yeah. you do that, then, you know, then, then, then you've given and they all interlink, the don't they? That's they really that, do. I like the whole, the sort of the chassis interpretation. Cause yeah. it's, like a car, like yeah. one, if one part of the car doesn't work, then the other parts of the car are going to work. And it's the same with a business, right? You can't just fully ignore something. And I think if you are setting out in business and you are mm -hmm. new, there's going to be an element of business or an element of your business that you, you don't like to do. It might be the financial side of things yep. in terms of, like, I, I never liked getting down with data when yeah, I first started yeah, out. Yeah. Um, so I put it off, which was the stupidest thing I've ever done because now I love data. And the reason I love data is because I can track how well I'm doing it, and I understand right, it. Yeah. But there's always going to be things within a business that you're not going to want to do. It might be marketing, it might be finance, it might be accounts, it might be, um, like I said, to do with the data aspect, um, it might be to do with client uh, services and, yep. st and, and customer services and stuff like that. But what, what the point I'm trying to make is there's always going to be one thing or a couple of things that aren't your forte as such in business. And when something isn't your forte, there's going to be someone whose forte it is. And that's when the power of networking, and that's key, yeah. exactly, and employment, and then the management aspect comes in. Yeah. 
And I feel like you sort of have to realise as your business grows that you can't do everything anymore. It's too big to do everything. Right. And you have to focus on what you're good at, right? You 100%. have to focus on, on what your passion is within the business itself, even though it's your business. Like, um, I watch a lot of uh, the guys who sort of founded Gymshark and yeah, yeah. I think he's something to, he's in a very specific division now. I think he might be like head of product de- products or design or something like that. Not too sure exactly what it is, but it's the whole point of he's not the CEO and he's not the, the, the main director of the firm. He's pulled himself out and gone, you know what I really love and what my passion is and yeah. what I want to spend my time on is, is this area of the business because he can manage that appropriately within, within the time. So. Yeah. It's that whole point of when you grow, when is the right point to start employing? And also, as you're growing, there are going to be things that you don't want to do or you don't like doing within your business. And number one, you have to sort of grin and bear it to mm-hmm. start with if you're low on resources. No one else to do it. Yeah, exactly, no, no. there's no one else. And, and it's a learning curve. Again, we go back to the learning every day. Um, so there's definitely that aspect. But then we're moving on to another conversation now in terms of when is the right time to employ someone? And more so, how do you know that? the person that you're employing is actually going to do a good job. Well, that first per- those first couple of people you're going to employ are probably going to be the most key people in your business for a very long time, right? So that's really important. But just on what you were saying originally, you know, about the, what you're good at or not so good at, in, someone else is going to be very good at, right? Yeah. So, and that, anyone who knows me knows about the issues I have with our schooling system, and that is one of them. So if you've got an A in one subject, and a D in another, what did a school get you to work extra hard on? They get you to work extra hard on the B. Yeah. Right? Whereas actually in business, carry on doing your A, get someone else who's got an A in your D to do what? Yep. That's a, to do that part of the business, right? I agree. So, you know, that's a big issue. That's a big mindset change that, that, that um, certainly in this country, that, that business owners need to, you know, they need to make that shift. So, um, but yeah, I mean, when do you get to take the first, take on your first employee or your first team member? You know, that's, that's, that's very, that varies on business to business, right? And it depends. So um, let's, let's use the trades again, for example. A lot of people say that they want to they grow, they want to get off the, or even if they don't want to, they can stay on the tools and they want to take on another, another guy, another van or another team of guys. Whereas sometimes it may be better that they're actually taking on a virtual assistant or a PA or yeah. somebody like that, right? To free, them, free their time up because they're sitting there for four hours a day working on paperwork. Um, and they're not actually earning any money when they could be out earning money. So it really depends on the on the industry, really depends on the job. Um, you know, I I have a recruitment process that actually deselects people, right? They deselect themselves all the way along the, pro- the process. So um, I'm very quick and very uh, open and I'm very quick to explain the culture of our business, um, the destination, where we want to go, how we act to get there. Um, and if people don't buy into it, then they're not right for the business. You can meet someone and think they're amazing, but if they don't buy into your culture and your the way you want to do things, it's going to cause issues further down the line. Um, like I said, I think the first one or two people that you take on in any business is absolutely key. You know, they're going to be with you hopefully for a long time. Yeah. You're going to heavily rely. You're going to rely on those people probably more than you rely on anyone for the next few years. Well, they're the core, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're the core, and I think. Getting, a, getting the call right is a really important aspect of yeah. any successful business. Yeah, if that goes wrong, if those hires go wrong, you're, either, you're probably worse than going back to square one. It's like when you, like if you have a car, if the first thing you put in is the engine and it doesn't work, Exactly. That's then the exactly. car's no good, it doesn't matter yeah. how good it yeah. looks, it doesn't yeah. operate without that key part. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And with regards to scalability, you know, I talk about like a football, for instance, or a sphere, right? So, you know, if you've got a business, you want it to stay 
as a football. So what you don't want to do is start building up all your lead gen or your marketing or become really heavy on financials and it all starts to become distorted. You want to grow this football and keep it shaped, right? And that's how you can scale it. When it becomes distorted, it becomes hard to manage um, and, and, you know, it can just implode around you. So. No, I agree. I, I mean, these are, you, you get some really good sort of um, examples out there. <laughs> Ones I haven't actually I try and simplify before. everything. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm, I'm a simple person. <laughs> well, you, ha- you have to at the end of the day. I mean, not everyone that, you, that you're coaching, yeah. um, has, they might have an amazing business idea or they mm-hmm. might be doing very well, but mm-hmm. they might not be the most fine-tuned in terms of how everything works. And I mean, again, it, I mean, the same as you. You've been in business for such a long time, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that you learn stuff. All the time. All Every the time. And day. I learn from my clients as well. Oh, okay. Right? So, you know, I, look, I, I don't know everything, right? And people often say to me, what can you tell me about my business? I've been doing it for 30 years. Well, I can tell you some things, but you, no one knows your business better, better than, than you. Better than you do. Right? Exactly. Um, Such a key I will point. just bring an outside perspective on it, ask questions that you've not thought of before. We'll look at things from a different angle, stuff like that. So, and we'll work together on it. I'm not going to come in and tell you how to run things. Yeah. Um, that's not coaching, that's consulting. Oh, very, very true. But um, I, yeah, leading us nicely on to sort of what, what you're, uh, you're doing at the moment. Firstly, yeah. what gave you sort of the, the inspiration to want to move into coaching? If you were already successful in business, mm-hmm. why did you then go, you know what, I want to move into coaching? Yeah, madness. Um, <laughs> no, no. So it's really good. So I love, look, at, at the end of the day, I've got, I've got um, you know, I said to you earlier, my perspective has changed on things. Um, you know, I want to help businesses. There's a whole load of business out there that are struggling and or, or, or should be doing much better. I don't, as a rule, work with broken businesses, right? There's the odd one that I will work with if I buy into their story. Um, it's, it's quite a, mis, you know, a misconception that broken businesses have coaches. Actually, yeah. good and great businesses have coaches, right? So, um, but what got me into coaching in the first place was, was just that I love business and I wanted to help people. So... Um, so what, in terms of a broken business, how, do you, how would you classify a broken business? To be honest, some, you know, it's a business that maybe has just gone too far down the road for too long. Yeah. And the owner is just not prepared to change. Yeah. You know, and they, they've been doing things like this all the time, no matter what, they haven't, maybe they haven't changed with the time. So does the person that you actually work with within the organisation, so the owner as such mm-hmm. or a director, yeah. um, are they the sort of people that, you, that you're looking at specifically yeah. when you want to work with a certain yeah. business or they approach you to do work with yeah. them? Yeah, exactly, exactly that. So, you know, it, the business owner, the personality match has to happen. You know, you have to get on. I have a great relationship with all of my clients. Um, you know, I'm of, often, you know, like an unreasonable friend, right? So, you know, no, one, no one's going to pay for me to go down the pub with them, but we will sit, I'll sit there and challenge them and we'll work together on that. And you know, I, I can't just accept everything they say, right? I'm gonna challenge them and push them and push them. So, you know, there's that side of it, but I, I have to buy into the person. I have to, they have to be passionate. They have to wanna be number one at something. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, whether it, they don't have to be world domination. Some people wanna be the best in the world. Some people wanna be the best in the Southeast. Yeah. Some people wanna be the best at what they do. Some people want the best culture, but they have to wanna be the best at something. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and I have to buy into them. So. You know, I, there, are, there are times when I have clients that want to work with me and I would, I would just say it's not a match. And I, if, they re, if I think coaching will help them, which it will help anyone, but they have to be open to be coached, then I'll recommend them to another coach if, if, if I don't believe I can help them or I don't believe we're a match. Then. So are you picky on the sort of... So when you're choosing a business to, mm-hmm. to work with or you've been approached by a business, 
are you at all picky based on the industry they're in or because of where your experience lies or is it a case of that I am a business coach, I've been in so many different industries, just face me with a problem and is, is that what keeps you sort of um, involved with the coaching aspect? Is it the fact that it's almost like another problem and it's a, it's a sense yeah. of, because for me it's a sense of self-fulfillment when we can accomplish things for a business. Yeah. So from your point of view as a coach, is it all about self-fulfillment or is it more about, like you've been saying, just helping other people? So, so it's, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's both because if I'm helping other people, I get a great self, I get a great feeling from that, right? And I, and I love seeing, and, and it sounds melodramatic, but the coaching changes people's lives, right? So, yeah. you know, I have, um, monetary and financially wise, you know, it, it, the, 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 the returns are, are fantastic, you know, so that changes people's lives, but it's not just about that. It might be that, you know, I have clients that just want to get home and see their kids for two bath times a week, right? And that's their measure of success if they can do that. I have other clients that have got fantastic businesses, but they're the total bottleneck and they just can't get out. So we work together and build a team around them so as they can start to step back and enjoy their life more. Um, it can be whole, you know, it can be anything really. There's a whole load of reasons, but um, yeah, I mean, so do I get a great feeling from it? Yeah, right. I, I live every part. I win I, every win that my clients have. You know, I, I encourage them to like share. Yeah, exactly, they share that win and they celebrate that win. So of course, I get a lot from it. I find it it's it's, it's the most rewarding work I've ever done. I'm surprised, like, thinking about it, it must be quite an educating sort of thing to be in because yeah. you are going into so many different businesses mm -hmm. in different industries. So surely you must have learned some key lessons as being a coach that yeah. you might not have learned beforehand. 100%. You know, there's, there's, everybody's out there doing amazing stuff in their business, right? You know, there's people out there that are just that blow me away how good they are. You know, the talent, the, the ideas, uh, the innovations, the things that they come up with. You know, I'm not a guru. I don't have a magic wand, right? Yeah. You know, I don't know everything. Any coach that, that talks like that is, is, is just, you know, crazy, right? So, um, you know, I think, you know, I'm learning all the time. I see these guys and I work with a lot of guys at your age, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just phenomenal because some people just think that people are young. So therefore, they're inexperienced. So they don't know, you know, they're not, they're not worldly enough. And it's crazy. These guys are the ones with the energy and the ideas and the the inspiration, right? I, I come off some coaching sessions and I'm, I'm inspired by the people I've talked to. So, um, and that's the honest truth, you know? And, and, and with regards to which industries I work with, it would be too easy for me and the wrong decision for me to say, well, I've had restaurants, so I'm gonna coach restaurants. Because that's me putting myself on what I did, what succeeded for me, putting it onto them. Whereas it's not about me, it's about them. What do they want? What, what do they want their restaurant to be? What do they, you know, what culture do they want? How do they want to go about that? What are their goals? It's not about, it's not what my goals are. Yeah. You know, there's no point in me putting my goals on other people. They tell yeah. me what their goals are and we do everything we set about making that happen for them. So it actually helps when I go into other industries as well that I don't really know anything about, but that's okay because I know about business. Yeah, yeah. You know, and with their expert knowledge in their industry and my expert knowledge in the business, in business then we come together. I think that's a really key point as well. Like when you were saying about what do you want to be the best at? Mm. I think when I started in business, everything was related to trading and yeah. my dreams and aspirations were all set on trading, creating the biggest trading company. Right. But we started to grow quickly and I was kind of thinking in my head, I see other opportunities now yeah. that are in different industries. They might be within education, but they might not be 
trading education, right. but I'm still very open to that because I feel education is a real passion of mine. Yeah. But then also on the other side, I've got people that I've met through my network, which is such a key thing in, yeah. in any business yeah. person's yeah. Um, career to have a great network and I get offered opportunities and they might not be in the trading industry or mm -hmm. the education industry, but I'm using or having to use my business knowledge to be involved in and actually become a valuable asset to the yeah. to the people in question or the firm in question. So I do really feel like your passions, they can change over a period of time. Definitely. And what I'm going to agree with strongly with what you said and reinforce is the fact that it, business is business. It's, you don't have to be fixated to one industry. And if you're doing that, you're making a mistake, in my opinion. If it's what makes you happy and you only ever want to do that one thing for your whole life, then do it. But at the same time, you've also got to consider, like, for example, I'm 21, so I've got a lot of time to go. <laughs> makes you feel old. But the whole point is I've got so much to go and so many legs left in, in my operation. Do I just want to stick with trading? And that's why I've switched my branding from just being young trader to being Jake Lee because I want to be myself, yeah. right? And, and for how long can I be this young trader? At what age am I no longer young? What age, <laughs> at what age am I no longer involved in trading businesses? And yeah. I feel like there should be no classification. Business is business. And if you know business and you know how business works, it doesn't actually matter what industry you're currently operating in these lessons will help you in any business in yeah. any industry and more so then you're a great example of someone who has been in multiple different industries yeah. but by using what you know works yeah. in terms of implementing a structure and yeah. creating a working business based around the core values embedded um, you can build success wherever you look I think and I think that's key and like you said you know if people want to stay in one field then that's fine as long as that's what they want to do it's not because they're scared to go and do something else so, you know, we all have a choice, right? We've always got a choice. So, um, and I 100% agree with what you're saying, you know, you're building Jake Lee, yeah. right? So um, you can diversify into anything you want and you take your knowledge and your skills that you've learned and you can implement them into all different types of things. And there's doors out there that you don't even know exist, let alone that are open. Yeah. So, you know, why close them by being blinkered? Yeah, no, I complete. I completely agree. Um, so, getting back to what you're what you're sort of doing with the, with some of your clients at the moment in terms of coaching. Yep. Um, what is, say, for example, and use an example if you can. Yeah. One sort of lesson that is a very very common lesson that you're teaching pretty much every client that you have. So, one thing that you go in and ninety percent of the time with, or nine out of ten clients are going to be uh, are struggling with this or failing with it and it's something that you're pretty much banging on to every business you're involved with. So for example with me it was the data aspect okay. and getting my hands on that so someone had to tell me this is really important okay. and embed that into my head a couple of years ago. Yeah. For you seeing so many different different businesses mm. what is like a general thing that people try and forget about in business don't focus on enough and that need to be need to be taught how important it is well i think you need absolute clarity right i mean it, this isn't going to be the answer but it, i think you need absolute clarity around you know you how you're delivering your products your service or your experience you also need to know be clear on where you're getting to and where you want to go to um, you need absolute clarity on testing and measuring your financials um, and you know Time, the the, person, the the business owner's time is absolutely critical. You know, to be to be structured, to be disciplined, to be working on the task that we spoke about earlier. That you know, are so like time most, management. Yeah, that are most high value to you. Right, time management is absolutely key. And business owners just you know, they're just running around in chaos a lot of the time. 
But in all honesty, the one thing that I would say is absolutely key to success for any business owner is mindset. Mindset? Yeah. So there's I'd not agree. a business owner that I've worked with that can't improve their mindset. Yeah. You know, it's different it's to different levels, but, um, you know, you've got to work on yourself. Back to what we said about learn, learn, learn all the time, right? Um, you've got to invest in your... People are so quick to invest in other things, they don't invest enough in themselves. So Exactly. Um, they need to Become learn. the asset, as, I, as, as my tagline that's says. It, yeah. Become right. the asset. Yeah, so, you know, and, and that's exactly it. So I think mindset is, is absolutely key. Um, I've struggled with it in the past, right? And, and, and when I get to a different level, then I, I have to learn again and I have to make a shift again. You know, yeah. I get coached. Um, and, you know, you can't do anything if your head's in the wrong place. So why do you think everyone needs a business coach? Because I've seen you say it, yeah. and I understand why you need a business coach, mm-hmm. but from my sort of experience, I've had sort of mentors and here and there and very successful mentors at that, but yeah. I don't have someone's time all the time, and I yeah. do feel like I could maybe benefit from it, but it's a, it's a bridge that I haven't crossed yet, and I feel as though everyone would benefit from an explanation as to why a business coach is important. Yeah, so I mean, look, not everyone's going to benefit from a business coach because not everyone's coachable. Okay. Right? Some people are too close to be coached, but if you're open to being coached, absolutely will you benefit from it, right? There, there is absolutely no doubt. It needs to be the right coach and it needs to be the right one for you. So, um, what a coach will do is they'll keep you accountable, they'll push you, they'll challenge you, they'll work with you. You know, they're not going to tell you what to do. They'll come up, they'll use some proven methodologies, and then you can use some innovative methodologies that you haven't, that, that nobody's used before. You can just, you know, whether it's one-to-one coaching, but you can come up with some amazing things when you start looking at things differently. And if you've, if you've got a coach that can challenge you and make you look, step back from your business, you know, and, and set you tasks and work with you and come up with what really makes you tick. It's another really set of eyes, goals. isn't it? That's exactly it, and you're never gonna have, you know, you're not ever gonna look from your business from the outside. Because you're yeah. too involved in it, no matter how hard you try. You know, you and it's your baby. In the yeah, end exactly, of the day. exactly. And and you know, you only know what you know. Yeah. You know, you only see things the way you see things. So to have somebody else from the outside coming in, is it can only be a good thing as long as it works for you. You know, as long as you're open to it. But yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I have a coach. Right? I'd never not have a coach. So um, they push me. They challenge me. You know, um, you know, if you go down the gym, right, you can go for an exercise, you can go for a workout, or you can go and have a fitness instructor that PT. pushes you past your, your, your limit, you know, and breaks down those barriers. Because as business owners, it's, it's, you know, the human brain runs away from fear, right, and goes towards comfort. So that can be just as something as a tedious task, like accounts, right, financials, a lot of people run away from that. If you've got no one to answer to, it just never gets done. I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. Whereas if one of my clients puts it down on their actions to take away and be done by next week, it better be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So I, I, I completely understand, because I've, I've found myself sort of on my calendar moving certain things to the next day. Of course you do, because it's your calendar, after. you can move it. Yeah, exactly. You don't commit it to anyone else, you, you can tell yourself that actually I'm not going to do because that. Because you're self-managed, exactly. right? And I, so, so almost as if you're saying that by having a coach, it's almost like the boss that you never had. It's having, yeah, it's, it's having someone to be accountable to. So yeah. it's not your boss, it's, it's someone that's accountable to you, that understands you, that knows. So I have a really good relationship with my clients, so I know their characteristics, I know what makes them tick, I know what makes them feel uncomfortable. And that's okay, that's good, right? Because, yeah. you know, I understand that there's certain things that they might need more help on and 
and explaining more or we need to approach it a different way to how I approach it with somebody else, you know, and we, and we need to find that. But ultimately, it has to get done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't keep putting that task off. If the business is going to grow, the business owner is going to grow, we've got to go through certain... And know, again, that does come down, that, that, that does a majority come down to what we were saying earlier in regards to um, your like off-putting tasks or you have to sort mm-hmm. of, you have to deal with everything. You can't ignore one part of the business. Yep. And I feel like the, the, the one task that gets pushed onto the next day, onto the next day and so forth is yep. always that, is always a task within a division that you're not really interested in or, or is the one that you don't want to do. Yeah, I mean, it's no coincidence, right? That what you're good at is what you enjoy. Yeah. And vice versa, right? There's no coincidence there. So guess what? You've got a choice of the stuff that you're not very good at and the stuff you don't understand and the stuff you don't enjoy doing and makes you unhappy or you've got the stuff that you enjoy and that you're really good at. What are you going to choose? Every time you're going to choose the happy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You're always going to choose what you feel yeah. you're best at. But that is when it comes down to saying, like, that is okay to do that. You are, you are probably far more productive and efficient yeah. and helpful by investing your time into stuff that you love doing and um, you're going to get the best results from it at the end of the day but that doesn't mean forget the other part it certainly doesn't mean that but what it does mean is these other parts need to be fulfilled by someone else and I feel like that's a really a really really key point Um, so yeah I mean we've gone through a lot of sort of business stuff we've touched on the coaching sort of of stuff we've got a lot of information um, across to do with sort of how how you should think about things and so on so I just wanted to grasp that topic a little bit more in terms of mindset we've we've Mm -hmm. spoke about how you think and you should operate a little bit um but from your point of view you as a business coach you're dealing with people's mindsets all the time can you by any chance off the top of your head give me or give the viewers a couple of reasons of or a couple of ways to improve their mindset or a couple of examples of when you know you have a good mindset or, or what that might be, you know? Yeah, I mean, not to have a closed mindset for starters, right? You know, when people just say, you hear people saying, I know, I know, I know all the time. You say, oh, we know, what have you thought about this? Yeah, I know, I know I need to do that. Well, what are you doing about it? Mm-hmm. Right? Don't keep saying I know. So, you know, as soon as you say that, the whole brain closes down. So, um, so it's being open and, and having an open mindset. Just listening to, to what other people are saying, even if initially you don't think it's going to work for you, you know, like you, you, you said about it earlier, you've got a choice. You, you, can, you can sit and listen to somebody or you can or just get through the hour or whatever that is, or you can actually listen to somebody and take yeah. one thing out of that, right? Um, and make the most of your time. Self-development, we said about that. It's absolutely key. Um, you know, um, people are better at it me, than me, right? But, you know, you hear about these people that read a book, Elon Musk, a book a week and things like that, and, and Bill Gates and those guys, but... Um, you know, you've got to, whether it's workshops, get a coach, you know, go to seminars, whatever it is, read, you've got to develop yourself. So the mindset there. But to be honest, you know, it's really just, just, just challenge yourself, push yourself, do it for the right reasons. You know, when I speak to most clients, a lot of clients tell them and say, it's because I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> and then you talk to them and they say, it's because I want to be a millionaire. And then you ask them and you ask them and actually, it all starts, starts, out. It starts to unfold, you know, and you, and there's layers underneath and, and uh, there's a lot of emotional drivers in there that actually make you do what you want to do. I'd know? say one thing with the mindset as well, to have a great mindset is you have to take like, accountability for what you do and yeah. what works well and what doesn't work well. Um, and if you make a mistake, you, you're accountable for it. Don't pass it off onto yeah. one of your team members um, or blame it on someone else. You have to take accountability because otherwise you're always going to have doubts on your mindset that something's not been dealt with correctly because you haven't 
taking account of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that I learned quite early on in terms of the mindset. And I think another thing, obviously, there's obviously a contrast between like a positive mindset and a negative mindset and what they actually do mean. And um, until you experience both, it's yeah. quite hard because you can come out and be like, I'm the most positive guy ever. But when, when shit hits the fan, yeah, that's like that. not the case. And, <laughs> yeah. and this is what we were saying beforehand. When you are in that position that you are... F- mindset it's almost a downward spiral because you've got sort of um and this is something i learned from a uh, a podcast i was watching the other day with um, bugsy malone he's saying he's got these two treadmills um and you've got the positive treadmill and the negative treadmill and as soon as like your treadmill you're running right so you jump on the positive treadmill and as you're keeping and staying with a positive mindset you've got all of your goals and ambitions on this positive treadmill and you're just knocking them off one by one and running fast on the treadmill and fast on the treadmill as your positivity increases but as soon as you fall off of the positive treadmill you get onto that negative treadmill everything starts going bad at once right so you hit everything that you don't want to happen starts happening so i really i really thought that was a great example because you're working towards your goals the whole time the whole time you're positive and as soon as you you flip into a negative mindset if you don't have a set procedure to deal with that and you leave yourself in that mindset for a period of time you're going to keep going further on that treadmill and further and further and keep knocking off all of these things that you don't want to happen before you're at the bottom so you've got the top and the bottom and they're dictated by different different treadmills and Again, what you were saying a minute ago in terms of when you ask someone what do they want to be when they're older and you ask them seven or eight times to try and dig to the real reason yeah. as, to, as to what they're doing it for. Exactly the same with me. I just wanted to be, like when you're younger, your vision and your end goal actually changes because when you are younger, all you want to be is rich and successful. Yeah, exactly, I was the same. Yeah, but it breaks down, right? It breaks down as you grow into your business career, you find out what's more important to you and what's not. And also certain parts of your personal life that are more important than others as well. And I feel like, as an entrepreneur, you've always got to manage your personal and your business life at the same time because you are working on your own terms. You don't have to be somewhere at nine o'clock in the morning and stay there till five every day. And I feel like this is a really, really key point. Yeah. And it's the fact that everyone associates modern day entrepreneurship because of social networking, of being this escaping the nine till five, no longer working nine till fives, I'm working on a beach, I'm living on a beach, look at me, I've got a pina colada in my hand and yeah. I've just made a grand and I've not done anything all day. And it, it's just bullshit, like it's just not true. If you believe that, and people do believe it, and they this is the danger, this is the danger in yeah. a generation. Yeah. Um, they're using that for marketing, they're using that for sales to whatever business they're linking it into. If you actually, embark on a proper business journey, an entrepreneurial journey, it is not, it's not the situation where you're escaping a nine to five, you're working more hours than nine to five, firstly. It's not a situation where you're living on a beach, you're probably, I don't know, if you've got the freedom and you don't work in an office, you'll probably be in your front room and your laptop 12 hours a day, yeah. or whatever it might be. It's the whole case of the, the actual reality of entrepreneurship, and you have to adapt to that journey and accept that there are gonna be challenges, except that you're going to face them head on, you're going to become accountable, and all of these things are just adding to that positive spiral of mindset and making sure you're on, you're on terms of your journey. But I suppose the point I'm getting at is don't set out thinking business is easy, entrepreneurship is easy, uh, it gets me away from a job I don't want to get to. No, you, you do business and entrepreneurship because it's your passion, yeah. and what businesses and the problems you're solving are your passion and you want to help other people. It's not a situation of trying to get out of a life you're currently living and you don't like. And I feel like a lot of people fall into that. Yeah, and I, I, I 100% agree with that. You know, there's, there's this image out there but uh, of just, it's, it's easy. And the one thing it's not is easy. 
Yeah. It can be simple. Business can be simple, right? We've got we live in a world where we overcomplicate everything, right? So business can be simple. Do the right things in the right amounts and, and it will work, but it is not easy. Yeah. No, I, I <laughs> you know, really it agree takes with that. hard work, it takes commitment, it takes passion. And that's why when I talk about these emotional drivers that are inside you, they are far more powerful to push you forward than any dreams of, of big houses and, and fast cars. Yeah. Because they will come as a byproduct if you're satisfying these drivers and that's what will push you forward. So I wholeheartedly agree with everything you've said there. Um, you know, there is a danger of, of people going into being a business owner for the wrong reasons, you know, thinking yeah. that, and having this, uh, this, this, this image that it's all so easy and it's all just going to happen overnight. No, I agree. sitting on a beach. Cocktails. Exactly the <laughs> amount the amount of pictures I see. Oh my god, so many images of yeah. these traders and stuff within my industry, and yeah. everything on their profile is just like it's all just sales. It's all materialistic items. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, when I first started out, I was the same. But then I realised what's actually important to me, yeah. and what's important to me is changing people's lives yeah. by educating them and giving them the power to change their own lives. Yeah, exactly. You know, nobody sees the hard work, the dedication, the learnings, the self development, all of that that's gone into getting you to where you are now. Yeah. You know, nobody's seen that, and 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 that's fine. That's okay. You know, I'm not. You know, I don't sit there and say, oh, you know, I need medals and give everyone a reward yeah, for that. Yeah because their reward is getting to where they want to be to, uh, you know, where they want to be. But nobody sees that. Nobody sees that hard work, those years of graft, those, you know, those sitting up at nights, or those, you know, this distress, the problem solving, all of those sort of things that come with it. But it is- And the emotional distress as well. Like yeah, exactly. everything, like we said, I said earlier, you're, you're living business life and you're doing business, but because you're sort of living out of your own life and on your own terms, there's always yeah. going to be an element of personal life that's going to slip into the entrepreneur side of whatever you're doing. Yeah. And it's just how you best deal with it. And, and yeah. like I mentioned earlier, you build character from going through those difficult times. And a lot of difficult times can actually be because of personal reasons, but they're mm -hmm. affecting business. So it's a case of, they might affect you because yeah. that's your, like you were saying earlier, your subconscious mind is yeah. getting affected by these things, but you can't let that cloud your vision and goals. And I know loads of people have said that in the past and stay on to your goal, stay on to your goal, yeah. but you don't actually realise how difficult it is to do that no. when you slip into that mindset and something's not going your way yeah. and it, the subconscious mind is playing on you. Yeah. That's the negative mindset sign that it you is, can yeah. so easily fall into. Yeah. But it's just about being able to be a strong person and being able to make your own decisions and not let your body make them for yourself or your mindset make them for yourself. But over time, and I'm a firm believer in this, the way you automatically think, the way that your subconscious mind works mm -hmm. improves based on your own de the decisions that yeah. you actually make. Yeah, yeah. If you're used to yeah. coming off your and switching off from work at 5 p.m. and now you're saying, I want to work till 7 p.m., the subconscious mind's going to be wanting to switch off at 5 p.m. Yeah. Right? But yeah. the more you train yourself to... 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Same as when you wake up in the morning, this is all subconscious mind stuff. Yeah. And you're used to waking up at this time, or it's an earlier time than usual, you're gonna feel really tired, you can feel all these things, when in reality, you probably have the same amount of sleep from the night before. Yeah. But it's your mind telling you, oh no, it's a different time, it's too early. So you're training your mind to be able to wake up and naturally think, right, okay, this is okay, this yeah. is fine, I can oh, do this. And the, the more that you, you do these tasks and you train yourself yeah. as a person, 
same as we say, invest in yourself, you've got to train yourself as well. And you train yourself because of the subconscious mind. Yeah. So it's making decisions, and I hope in five or six years, I can already see it working, that my natural sort of reaction to something, yeah. or the, the steps that I take straight away through the subconscious mind are going to be steps that I've trained myself to do. And almost like, I'm, I'm like I sound like a robot at the moment, no, yeah, but I, it's, I, it is so true. I totally, hundred percent agree, and that's why people use affirmations and stuff like that, right? It's whatever works for you to get to where you can train your subconscious mind to become your conscious mind, right? As yeah. well, you know. So, you know, it, it just becomes habit. You know, there's like James Clear, people like that. You know, they've written books on this, right? But you know how to, you know, the power of habits and stuff like that, right? It, 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 you can. Your mind is your mind. You can train it to do what you yeah, want yeah, it yeah. to do. You know, so um, yeah, I, I agree with absolutely everything. But that's important in every walk of life, not just entrepreneurship, right? If people go, oh, well, I'm in a bad position or I can't get out of this and so on, you're not going to change overnight. And again, loads of people say that it's going to take hard work and grind and all this bloody blah, blah instead of just in terms of getting up and doing it, right? It's going to take time. We completely agree that. But it's the whole point of it's not just going to take time, but it's going to take really, really hard times as well yeah. in between that journey. Yeah. But if you want to improve yourself, you have to start from now. Like yeah. you can't, you can't wait and think that you're going to win the lottery one day. In terms of life, you're going to be handed the opportunity of your life. You might be working on a project for nine months, twelve months, solidly and wholeheartedly. But at the end of the project, you've got nothing to show for it. But what you've learned in that project and how you've managed to train yourself, your habits, and your own vision and goals working towards that as well is so important. And I think so many people undermine that. Yeah, and this is why you hear the stories like Richard Branson and all these guys, right, who say, you know, the one thing they've got in common is that they've all failed at some point, right? Yeah. So, and, the, and it's exactly what you've just said there. You're training yourself, you're learning, you're learning, you're building yourself, and it works out. You need, you know, your personal life and your business life it's you, right? So you've got to develop both and you and they both interact with each other and you learn, you know, so, you know, the one thing that you do have, you know, they, what these guys have in common is that not everything they've done is worked. So yeah. it is that you just have to keep going, keep going. And it takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of time, lots, a lot of energy. Um, you know, you hear it, all these cliches, you know, it's not about how you get knocked down, how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get up and blah, blah, blah. But it's true. It yeah. is true, you know, you've got to keep pushing forward even when you don't know what the future is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's very easy for people to sit there and say, oh, not from, from one moment was it ever going to be a failure, I knew it was going to be a success, but it's easy to say now when you're sitting in that situation, but actually at the time there were... I guarantee there were many times, many dark times I had when they questioned. It was the whole time when you actually yeah. see that happen, like when you're when you're like listening to these quotes and stuff, mm. and they're going, "Oh, it's not about how many times you get knocked down; it's how many times you get back up." Yeah. Let's all go, "Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I resonate with that." But yeah. wait until you actually get knocked down, yeah. and then tell me how difficult it is to yeah. get back up, yeah, because. Yeah there is this whole, it goes in one ear and goes out the other, but yeah. oh, you agree with it. And then there's the issue when you really, with your heart, you agree with it because you've been through it. And I yeah. feel like there's so many success stories that just brush and say, yeah, look, we all failed a business and so on. And I just wish I opened up more about how that period actually was yeah, in their I life. Wish, I wish they would, because there can be some very dark times and, and yeah. people have gone to, the, to certain lows. And look, this is not all about the, the, the dark and the downside of it, but you know, look, let's be honest, and there are some, and you question your own ability, you question your confidence, you question... Are you doing the right everyone thing? Everyone around you, you know, you quit. yeah, I, am I doing the right thing? Should I just go and get a job, or will I be easier doing this? Would I, you know, there's, but at the end of the day, it's in you, and you just get yourself back up, and you push on, and you just, 
you just keep going, right? But I think the most valuable asset is your mindset. 100%, which is why you've got to work. Everybody should be working on their mindset. Exactly, and, and I see many of quotes nowadays flooding around social media. Um, the, the general one I'm seeing a lot at the moment is, uh, it doesn't matter, like, someone's become a millionaire at 21, someone's become a millionaire at 50, someone's yeah. become a millionaire at 70, someone's retired at 21, and yeah. so on. And so basically, yeah. it's the, the generics of the quote is that, like, there is no, like, perfect, like, the, the, the perfect time will happen for you. Yeah. It's not the perfect time for everyone. You don't have to have done anything by 21 and so on, but... The whole point is that actually might be true, but you can't be reposting that thinking, oh, well, when it's 50, it's my time. If yeah, you don't yeah, get yeah, up yeah. and work you for it, it happen, right? exactly. When you're 50, it's not going to be your time. You're going to be in the same position as you are now. So stop reposting it and start working. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's sort of my energy towards yeah. it, just because I see people say all of this stuff and it's almost as if they're giving themselves an excuse as to why they're not successful right now. Give yourself an excuse as to why you're not successful right now if you're working on your journey and you know wholeheartedly that you're putting every bit of effort and ounce of energy that you have into your passion and goals. Don't go around starting to false believe that it's going to happen to you when you're 50 because essentially what I'm saying, it's not going to happen for you if you don't get off and work it. And on that note, I feel like we've had a really good conversation and spoke about a lot of key um, a lot of key topics yep. within the entrepreneurial space. Uh, I had a good debate on, on key topics as well and points. Um, and, and I'd like to thank you for, for coming on, on for the podcast. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's always nice, and like you said earlier about business is lonely. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> it's so lonely when yeah. people don't think like you. So yeah, actually, exactly. being able to sit here and bounce off of each other and and really resonate with each other's thoughts and, uh, about business and so on from experience, I think it's it's been really insightful for, for myself, and I hope it's insightful for the people watching. Yeah, and I, and I thank you for inviting me. And you know, like I said before, you know, speaking to guys like yourself it can only act as an inspiration for people that you're talking to and certainly for me as well. Exactly. All right, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Dean. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.